Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. You all know the drill by now. we got to let the stream breathe just for a few seconds. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me returned from his birthday vacation, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we, I was just kicking myself because you did actually text me on Sunday, the last night we po- we we podcasted before you hit the road to let me know, hey, I'm hitting the road this week uh, for my birthday. Da, da, da. I totally missed that it was your birthday until the very end of the pod. And you're like, yeah, birthday. Anyway, I feel guilty. Happy belated Sorry. birthday, my friend. Hope you had a great week spending some time with the with the fam. It was nice, you know. I mean, I played a little mini golf. I, I got some sun. I got a little color. Not usually pasty white like I normally am. It's nice, like I told you, Chad, before we went on. You know, we grind hard every single day. It's nice to kind of just turn off and kind of be unchained from the computer, if only for a couple of days. Kind of helps the old mind. But I did miss you. I missed your face. Like I said, I missed uh, our, our audience here. I'm happy to be back. And uh, let's get into it. Favorite part of the week. I flew home to make it happen. I literally just got in. So my apologies, guys, for the delay. That was on me. But I raced so I can be with you. So thank yeah. you. And we, I'm sure everyone appreciates that. Zach, tonight, of course, is the seventh installment of our Superstar Series. We're going to bring on the one and only Terry Randall here in just a few minutes. Before we do, though, I know I'm interested and I'm sure the community is dying to hear your take on the fateful decision by Juwan James. Monday morning, we wake up, everyone's going about their business you're probably hitting the road, going about your business, and then the news hits the wire. Juwan James is opting out for 2020. What was your gut reaction? On one hand, I was like, wow, I can't believe it. On the other hand, I was like, it's totally believable. I mean, this is this is the Juwan James the Broncos were getting. He was a damaged product for Miami. 
You know, even the most incompetent NFL franchises, the Washington Football Club, the Miami Dolphins, you don't let quality offensive linemen, especially tackles, walk. And they let him walk with a reputation of being a whoopee cushion. The Dolphins were laughing at the Broncos for signing him to a record-setting contract. He played 63 snaps over the first two years. I understand why he's doing it to an extent, but to wait to the last minute, he was debating it for a couple of weeks, kind of give the Broncos blindsided them, I would say. At the start of training camp, now he's without the right tackle. Again, it's Elijah Wilkinson back at right tackle. I am surprised and not surprised. This is who Juwan James is, and I believe he will go down. I don't fault the Broncos for signing him to that contract. It was market value, but he will go down as one of the worst signings in the John Elway era. You know, I think it wouldn't be such a kick to the groin and so just disappointing if he had at least contributed last year after signing that big deal, but to sign that big contract, collect $17 million for a mm. grand total of 63 snaps. And then saying, sign guys catch you in 2021. It just rubs. I want to say 80%. I bet it's like an 80 percentile of Broncos country and media, even though media are terrified to say anything negative about it right. um, the wrong way. Now, radio guys, not so much though. They'll, they'll, they'll tell you the truth. But, you know, our fellow journalists out there in the blogosphere, they're, uh, you know, you got to understand he just had a child in May and he's worried about his family and that is his right. And of course, it's his prerogative. The, the CBA that was newly amended, they gave him that prerogative. He has the if he wants to opt out, he can. And pr- what we're seeing is a lot of these veterans that have big guaranteed money in 2020, they're choosing to opt out because they're worried that if the season gets cut in half, they're out of that money. Like they just don't get that money. They get the half of it basically. So that's why you saw it from James. I think honestly, if you really boil it down, I think it was a, it was a financial decision, but it honestly comes back to as well, Zach, how much does this guy really love playing football? Like we have to question that at this point. What's funny to me though, is if he, if he was a voluntary opt out, he gets a $150,000 stipend. He doesn't keep that money. They have to pay that back next year. It's just like a grant temporarily, whereas a high risk opt out, it's 350,000, but they keep the money. So he's not only, you know, turning down a chance at more money for his family, which would be the most important thing I would think, but he has to pay back the money next year for sitting out a season. And all he's doing is tarnishing his reputation, not only with the Broncos, but around the NFL as well. I mean, let's call him what he is, Chad. I'm not afraid to say it. He's a lemon. It's it's fair and square. That's what he is. It is. His teammates on the public front have said nothing but supportive words, I guess. The closest thing I've heard so far from a player was Elijah Wilkinson yesterday on Wednesday said that he was surprised. It surprised him. He didn't see that coming because he figured, just like a lot of fans, hey, man, this guy took a big paycheck last year provided nothing to the team, he's got to be hell-bent for breakfast to want to not so much, you know, pay it back because you don't pay it back. It's it's a it's a payment for a service. You re- But he hadn't rendered any service. So to justify, let's say, the investment the Broncos have made, I think a lot of his teammates, to be honest with you, were surprised to see it happen. Elijah Wilkinson, it's nothing but opportunity for him. It's next man up and he's the next man. So he's got to be grinning ear to ear at this point instead of a – in name only competition with Garrett Bowles for left tackle. He's plugged right in as a starter at right tackle. Although we'll see Mike Kliss talked about a few different, um, some buzz, some possibilities. The Broncos might look to make an outside addition here very, very soon at tackle and possibly at cornerback 
only time will tell. But at this stage, Zach, how can you trust if you're seriously, if you are, I would understand like if his wife, just like Kyle Pecco, honest to goodness, guys, even if he was a big dollar free agent acquisition or big salary guy, I would not begrudge him for sitting it out because his wife beat cancer last year and her immune system is not up to snuff. She's a high risk candidate for if the bug were to cross paths with that family. Juwan James, I mean, he's an elite athlete. He's a world-class athlete. Yes, he just had a baby in May, but there, the data doesn't really point to that being a huge concern for children. Um, so if I'm one of his teammates, I'm just shaking my head. behind. You, know, you know what just occurred to me, too? I mean, Von Miller, I wonder if he indirectly had a hand with Juwan James choosing to opt out because we all know Von Miller had CV. It came out that Von Miller was actually considering opting out. We don't know how serious he was about that but he, he was at least considering it. And I wonder if Juwan James talked to him about it. What was your experience with it? Maybe even Kareem Jackson as well. And Juwan weighing the risk for his family. It is his choice. He is a person. He has a family. He has people who depend on him. I don't agree with the decision, but I just wonder indirectly if the Broncos or, or if Von Miller had an impact in that. In terms of a right tackle, Jad, they they cannot settle now with having a hobbled Elijah Wilkinson at right tackle and Garrett Bowles at left tackle. And their two backups at those spots are a former drafted free agent and a former seventh round pick they need to sign a tackle right now they need to not wait any longer yeah but the options are pretty slim pickings man like you were on vacay so you were you didn't participate in the round table we carl dumbler organized a round table while you were gone where we kind of went around the horn saying what's each guy's best um solution to solve this now that james is out what what do the broncos do at right tackle in my opinion, I, I didn't put it forth as if it's the most realistic expectation, but to me, the most common sense solution is to kick Reisner over to right tackle and let the depth that you actually have at guard play at left guard. It's not going to happen. Reisner talked about it today. We're going to get into that a little bit later I in the show. That. The problem, Zach, is that the depth – look at it like this. Here's my, here's my core philosophy on the Reisner thing. The depth that left uh, at inside, the depth that the interior O-line is not – Phenomenal for the Broncos, but it's a lot better than the depth the team has currently at tackle. I would trust Reisner at right tackle, considering he went two years, his last two years basically at Kansas State, without relinquishing a single sack as a starting right tackle. Three pressures he gave up is all he gave up as a junior at Kansas State. I'm not too worried about him because I think he has it between the ears if he needed to kick out there. It's really a depth issue. You put Reisner at right tackle and plug Eli in at left guard, which we saw in 2018, thinking back to the Case Keenum year when uh, Ron Leary went down and then Matt Paradis went down and they had to juggle some some spots. He kicked into right guard and he actually looked for three, four games there, man. That was when Philip Lindsay's rushing attack went to the next level because he and Connor McGovern were just balling out there. I think he's a better fit at guard, which is why I'm saying, look, I know you you got to worry a little bit about Reisner's momentum and screwing that up by moving him from guard to tackle, but I think he's a smart enough player to do it. I'm going to save my comments for that when we get into the segment. All I'm saying is you have to sign someone now, just a warm body, Chad. You don't need a starter. It's not going to be like Donald Stevenson or Menelik Watson Part 2. You're not looking for necessarily a starter, but even someone like Jared Valdir who retired. He's on the free agent market right now. He has an interest in coming back. He played right tackle with Denver. Yeah, he, he has an interest. I think he wants to return to the league. I think he just sat out a season, but he played right tackle in Denver. He was leaps and bounds better than Stevenson and Watson. It's not saying sure. much, but yeah. at least he has experience in the system with the Broncos. As a veteran depth piece, how could you go wrong at this stage of the offseason? 
that's what John and I talked about last night is that he honestly, of all the Band-Aid solutions the Broncos tried to, have tried in the Elway era post Peyton Manning at right tackle. It wasn't bad. Eldir was the biggest success. You throw away the injury that he, you know, he missed a few games because of injury. When he was on the field, by far the most competent right tackle the Broncos had had in years. The right. problem, and this is something John and I discussed, is if he does have an interest in returning, I'm not aware of it. And following him on Twitter, dude, you know he's six foot eight. And he's lost a lot of that playing weight. Like he's he's way thin, and so I don't know realistically how much, how quickly he could throw that back on and get out in the trenches. We'll never know. But we're kind of running along in this opening segment, so let's segue really quick. We got to yeah. get Terry on the horn. We got to quickly though before we do that, couple of very brief matters of business, gang. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You guys know the drill. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then while you're at it, make sure you're also following at Mile High Huddle, breaking Broncos news and analysis. We also want to draw your attention gently to the merch store, and you guys are blowing it up. I mean, Zach, I don't know if you've noticed this while you've been gone, but the last week, man, especially that shirt you designed, the Let Them Hate It's just been on fire. The HuddleUpPod.com, head on over there, get your swag on, get a hat, get a T-shirt. It's another great way to support what we're doing here at MHH. And if you're not in a position to do that, each and every one of you can do these three things. Subscribe, especially if you're on YouTube and anywhere you're listening to podcasts. Subscribe, like, and if you really love what we're doing, share it out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new listeners in Broncos country, like-minded, just like you. And then one last thing, gang, we're going to grab Terry, is for our Facebook audience, I got to keep hammering this because it's new. So many of you see what <clears throat> what the community does on YouTube with the super chats and people on Facebook, our community on that side. They want to know how to support MHH. There is a way for you to do that now on Facebook without having to jump from Facebook to YouTube. And that's by becoming an official supporter on Facebook. I'm going to go ahead and put the link in the chat stream. Check it out when you get some time. It's it's another way to support what we're doing here if you want to contribute to the cause of bringing you this Broncos news and analysis on the daily here at MHH. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, let's grab 
uh, this super chat from Duke before wow, we're going to put him on the screen and also bring on Terry Randall right now to the show. You guys know him. You love him. Terry Randall, north of the 49th parallel up there in Alberta, Canada. There he is in all his glory. Terry, welcome to the show, my friend. The seventh installment of the Superstar Series. What could be more fitting than having you on tonight? The reason I'm a Broncos fan <laughs> is the the reason I wanted number seven, right? Heck yeah. Elway, I, we got to grab Duke's message here and his very generous super chat. Also showing yeah. you some love, Terry, here. Appreciate yeah. you, Duke. That's just phenomenal. Extremely generous, man. Means the world Thank to you, all dude. of us here. So yes. appreciate you, dog. He says, for the Knights of MHH, Sir Chad, Sir Zach, and Sir <laughs> Terry, big old <laughs> yeehaw! <laughs> The three horsemen. Thank you, dude. All right, Terry, let's uh, let's get the conversation started here. This is something yeah. that uh, I'm sure you're aware of. And by the way, real quick, gang, for some reason, the chat stream on YouTube is a little bit lagged tonight. That happened a few nights ago. So if we don't immediately see your comment, your question, your super chat, for some reason, there's a delay. It must be a bug on YouTube side. So just bear with us on that. Terry, this is the first question we'd like to ask each and every superstar that joins the show because you are one of your MHH Mount Rushmore member and you exemplify the hashtag state of being Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being it's wherever you are and you're up in Canada. So how did you become such a passionate Broncos fan? Um, I, I really can't, I couldn't pinpoint. Well, I can pinpoint it by saying it was the first time I saw John Elway throw a football. <laughs> I can't tell you if it was on a replay, if maybe we just flicked to it on a game, because obviously being in Canada, Western Canada, most of our U.S. affiliates that the government will let us watch with <laughs> We're mostly out of like Washington, like Spokane or whatever, right? Mm. So we got a lot of Seahawks, a lot of Raiders mm-hmm. and, mm. and 49ers games. I don't even like saying that word. But <laughs> <laughs> just like number 12, Chad, I've oh, warned yeah. you before. Don't say yep. that. <laughs> but. Yeah, so it must have been the first – like, it was the first time I saw John Elway. It could have been the drive against Cleveland. It could have been just a random highlight. The first time I saw him throw the ball, I was just like – Zach, there yes. is something special about the way Elway spin that uh, – I guess you'd say spun. Spin the ball? Yeah, spun I guess the ball, spun. Spin, yeah. spun. Terry – First of all, great T-shirt. I got to say, I love that. No bias there. Uh, second of all, it's fair to assume that based on your response that your favorite memory as a Broncos fan, just a question we like to ask, is something to do with John Elway, either, you know, the, the uh, dive. The helicopter. The helicopter. The helicopter yeah. was a good one. That was, uh, you know, you have times in your life when you drift in and out of watching sports and whatnot, right? And I remember that one as a Super Bowl that I that I really wanted to watch at the time, right? Because probably I'm not going to call Elway my favorite Bronco of all time. It's probably Terrell Davis. Hmm, that's bold. When when he came in, just the way he ran. I mean, my dad is a Chicago Bears fan, so 
I got a lot of number 34, right? And to me, he reminded me the most of Walter Payton. Yeah. Not gonna call, not gonna call him an exact copy, but he just reminded me of Walter Payton in a way that I really liked. And he was on my team. So Terrell Davis definitely was a unique player and fun as heck to watch. And his oh. his run from ninety-six through I'll say 96, 90, well, no, 95. No. Shame that, shame that it ended short. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It, it was a shame the way that his career was cut short. And it's the reason why it took so long for him to get into the hall. But we're just glad that he did. John, put that super chat up again for Mark. We got Mark Langley jumping in, showing some love. Appreciate you, my Thank friend, you, Mark. as always. He says, What's up, my guys? I'm here to show support for Terry. This dude is going to kill it. Hashtags. Football priests, hashtag huddle up pod, MHH, state of being, state of levity. Got to bring that levity, Mark. Hashtag happy birthday, Zach. Thank you, Mark. Chad, gangsta. Mark, we appreciate you, my friend. As always, it just means the world to us. All right, Terry, and this goes to the the community gang. Um, Any questions specifically you have for Terry, get them in the chat stream. YouTube, as I mentioned, for some reason, it's being a little bit laggy in terms of displaying the chat for us to see here. Yeah. But get the questions in, and we will try to get to them while we are still in the segment, while we still have time here with Terry. But, Terry, while you're with us, and I'm now I'm starting to see him actually roll in, so I think it's starting okay. to, to work okay. But, Terry, what is your outlook on Drew Locke for 2020? Some of the hype that is existing in – Mile High City and a little bit outside, but mostly it's, of course, local. Do you, are you buying into it? Is Drew Locke the truth? I I think he is. And, like, I know I've, on past podcasts, I've spitballed a few numbers, like, you know, Judy Sutton and Fander are going to get pushed 3,500. Uh, you know, sit back and think about it. Well, Drew Locke's going to probably have to get a push 5,000 yards. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, 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 I think somewhere between 4,500 and Steven's prediction of 3,500. I think Steve's prediction last week of 3,500 is the basement of, of what Drew Locke's going to do, especially like, like Cortland Sutton's just such a beast. Like how <laughs> – like the the catch against the Chargers, the touchdown, yeah, yeah. Like I was watching it going, oh, it's an interception. I'm like, and then I see that. Yep. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, hey, <laughs> I I actually made an expletive on that play. <laughs> we all did. <laughs> I think same with same with uh, same with Fants. What was it, 75, 80 yard? 75, yep. That was a big play, man. Just trucking the safety. And I think it was probably, I think it was Greedy Williams who just kind of went, I'll pretend I'm going to try and tackle you, but I won't (laughs) even get within two feet of you. Like that impressed me more that he scared that guy away from him than the trucking. (laughs) 
Wow, Mark. We've got a very generous from Mark jumping in here again. Wow. He already showed some love on Super, and he's showing even more. Mark, it just is stunning how uh, how outgoing your support is, bro. You, so Mark. consistent. We love you, my friend. Hope everything's rolling steady for you out in Georgia. He says, okie dokie, this should help out uh, Mr. Opt-out. Excuse me. This should help Mr. Opt-out, James. <laughs> Hashtag 70 ways of being unemployed. For real, this is for you guys. Oh, hashtag man. football, please. hashtag Broncos country. Yeah, I mean Zach Terry. I think it's possible that there is now a more hated tackle in the Mile High City. <laughs> yeah, it had a point. Yeah, that's a good point. The Broncos are in you know good standing right now at tackle with their uh, with their fan base. It was it was bad when they when the Dolphins were trolling them in the local media in Miami last year. Like I thought, okay, you know, whatever. But obviously it had some, had some truth to it. Yeah. We didn't know if it was sour grapes. A lot of times you see stuff like that and you're like, well, sour grapes. This is just a team. Yeah. Things didn't work out so well. And so now they're putting out some, some uh, negativity out there on the grapevine and you just, you you know, you kind of, Take it with a grain of salt, but in this case, it turned out to be prophetic. We got Tommy Kraft showing some love on Super Chat. Thank you, Thank Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. He says, feel the love from Alamosa, football priest. Happy B-Day. Appreciate you, that, Tommy. Tommy. And, Tommy, if you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out and connect with us. We, we love being able to connect with our Super Chat superstars and shouting you out after each and every podcast. Here's Zeus. Zeus. Condescending hey. from on high. Was yeah. Very Showing Terry some love. Terry rocks. He does. He does. Zeus it. rocks, man. Zeus rocks. We uh we got Terry as well. Super <laughs> chatting himself. <laughs> it's Terryception. Love it. Hey, love it, just Terry. Just because, dude. right? Appreciate you, bro. That means a lot to us, yeah. and you know, allows us to continue bringing this this content on a nightly basis and com- being able to engage with you guys. We were talking about this before we went live tonight. But the coolest thing for Zach and I of this, the way this podcast has exploded just since last September, and I mean, we've been doing the pod, as we talked about, much longer than that since 2016, but the way it really took off into a whole new stratosphere, the coolest thing for Zach and I, uh, in retrospect, what's been the, the most enjoyable aspect is the way the community has grown yeah. with the, the the podcast and Terry, you're, I know, you're like, what the hell, where's the camera? You're a big no, part of that. I was, my I was giving a shout out to 610 there. He was. Oh, we got a question from Christian De Jesus. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Christian, for the donation. He says, "Hey, Zach, how many candles were on your cake?" This was a question John and I got the other night too, and and I I'm in the ballpark, but I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> John was trying to squeeze it out of me on Twitter. He was kind of you know saying these things about my age. I will. I'm not gonna you know sh- you know lie or anything. I turned 31. On Monday, so that's that is my age. So many candles I blew out of my cake. Thirty thirties. By the way, yeah. thoughts and prayers with Mundungus, as Duke points out here. Not going to be joining us tonight. The wizard spending some quality time with Grandpa because his grandmother just passed, as we've talked yeah. about on on uh, the show a couple times. But he says the Wiz has sent his love to us all. Thoughts and prayers for the Wiz, and we definitely. I hope he's doing well. That. If he's watching this. Uh, let's see. Let's grab Kevin here as well. Jumping in. Appreciate you. KP you, got a profile pick with Dalton Reisner himself. there. loving it. Uh, James should opt out of the man body. <laughs> 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 I, now this is a joke. 
Um, <laughs> someone said to me, I Damn. picked it up on, on a DM on Twitter, and I'm not going to out the person who said it because they, Go KD. It, they said, never trust a man that doesn't have hair on his face. No, or no, don't never trust a man that doesn't have eyebrows or something like that. And I thought, <laughs> cause he has, what is it? Al- alopecia or something where he doesn't grow hair on. I don't know if it's just his head or his whole body, but he is. That's why when you see him, he's straight bald and no, no eyebrows, <laughs> no eyelashes, which is a very unique look. So I don't know if it's, if it's true, but when, anyway, when you can't, when you can't tell someone's reaction shot on their face, I, I t- it's hard to trust them. You don't know whether they're surprised, angry, <laughs> yeah, like, sad, happy. Yeah. What's like going someone on? gets Botox, right? You're like, are you <laughs> excited right now? Are you pissed off? What's the deal? Um, go see Act W85. Hi, Terry. Greetings from Poland. Just wanted to say hello to you guys. I'm Ola's sister. Gos- Gosia? Gosia? You didn't expect Gosia. me here, did you? Gosia. You sound like an expert. Wow. Congrats. Hmm. What is Gosia. it, Gosia? Gosha. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for checking in. Showing Terry Check, some love Gosha. there. Uh, Kathy, jumping in, showing some love. Appreciate that. And she's saying happy birthday to you, Zach. Thank you, Kathy. Go get him, Terry. Um, all right. We are getting a little bit long. Let's grab one or two more, and then we'll we'll uh, move on with some Dalton Reisner stuff. Glenn Hauser, the man with the most bad A man cave I've seen in many moons, says, <laughs> sipping Molson, eating Poutine late. What is poutine? What is that? It's a dish. It's it's fries and gravy with cheese curds. Okay. Thank you. Lacing skates and playing Sarah McLaughlin while hanging with the Randall boys, Terry and Frankie hashtag state of being hashtag. He didn't want to wait for pod 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For Terrell Davis. Right. He's like, um, Good All right, we got John Libick as well. He says, appreciate the, the super chat, fellas. And John, appreciate you. Thank you, John. He says, my wife and I just ordered our swag this afternoon. Appreciate that. In fact, John, I did see that. Did see that. And I was wondering who the uh, the ladies T-shirt was for. Awesome. He says, uh, no question, just going to listen to the pod and some bad religion. Best, great, uh, beast, great job filling in. Hashtag James is a joke. Hey, dude, bad religion. I just, I'll be honest with you. It is the greatest band in the history of the world. There's just no debating it, but that's, that's just me. All right. One more here from Kev, uh, KP again. He says, when you sit out five or six weeks, when you've been cleared to play, that speaks volumes to 70s heart. Zach, how can you deny that? You know, yeah, we're dragging Juwan James for his physical defects, Chad, and his no eyebrows. But I, last year when he wouldn't play coming back from that knee injury and he was putting his health before the team, you know, you want to care about yourself ultimately and your and your longevity in the NFL. But he said to the Broncos, I'm not going to bleed. I'm not going to sweat with you. I'm not going to shed tears with you. I'm not going to be in the foxhole with you. It sends a bad message to the locker room. You were the highest paid right tackle in NFL history. You're clear to play and you're going to sit out and force the Broncos to be worse. That's what I didn't like about Juwan James. I understand he can't play if he's hurt, but he was healthy at one point last year, and he decided to sit out. I think it's one of those cases, Chad, where it's a borderline, mentally fragile player, got a big payday, and just checked out. All right, Terry, and I don't disagree with you at all on that front, Zach. We share a brain, as is usual. Terry, before we cut you loose, what is your bold prediction for this team record-wise? How do you see the Broncos – finishing up here in 2020. Are you locked in, Terry? Oh, I'm definitely locked in. I There we go. I'm saying 10 and 6 wild card. James going 
was that was hey yeah my boy there we go yeah I, I i just think I just think like people are talking about him and number 15 over in KC and it's not even close to their first year development. Uh, you can't compare them. Right. You know, number 15 had Andy Reed and Matt Nagy and he had Alex Smith. He played, he had 17 practices, probably a lot of first team reps. Drew Locke mm-hmm. had what? five practices, six practices. He, he went straight from IR to the starting lineup in literally a matter of hours. Yeah. So he had like five practices, right? So, I, I mean, I had to kind of temper my own expectations, but it's all about the quarterback. You're not going to go anywhere if you don't have a quarterback. You can have as dominant a defense as you want. If you don't got a guy that can get the ball down the field, and put it in the end zone. That's that's about it. <laughs> like you've well, seen what happened. You've seen what happened the last five years. Peyton Manning didn't have it his last year in 2015. He had nothing physically, but it was all. Yep. It's all right? between those ears. Yeah. So if he can get that figured out, I think we're at least ten and six. Okay, I'm right, right there with you. You hear it first here from Terry. Randall, guys, make sure you follow him on Twitter, as you can see here, at Randwolf76. He's a great Twitter follow, and he's a just upstanding, bulletproof member of the MHH community. And, Terry, for all of us here, we really appreciate you, my friend, and your contributions to what we do at MHH and the community. And here's Christy jumping in, the queen of MHH, showing some some love. Nice job tonight, Terry, she says, and happy B-Day, Zach. But Terry, thanks for joining us, my friend, and uh, we'll see you in the stream. And, uh, you know, stay safe up there in Canada. Hey, we're we're doing good. Hey, I'm going to put some shout-outs on my Twitter, so check them out. Okay. That's Terry Randall. Gang, uh, much love to you, my friend. We'll see you in the stream. Thanks for taking some time for coming on tonight. Thanks, Terry. All right, brother. Much love to you all. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. There he goes, Terry Randall, who is just a very chill dude, fun to talk to, great sense of humor. And uh, this is the seventh opportunity we've had now, Zach, to get to know members of the community and the superstars on a, on a I mean, it's not like deep dive level. We're not going out and, uh, you know, sitting down and having dinner, but it's the next best thing in terms of a face-to-face, and it's just been great. We have the coolest audience, Chad. That's all I kept thinking about during these interviews is that it's so diverse and it's so interesting to interact with with our, our fan base and, and the viewers. I was thinking to myself that Terry and Mark would be best friends. It'd be like stepbrothers. <laughs> yeah, you know, they could do fun activities. You I have just to feel call like me Dragon. <laughs> That's right. It's just instant chemistry, I feel like. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I can see that for sure. But yeah, Terry, thanks for for joining us, my brother. We love you. And uh, we got a quick super chat here from longtime super, Jeff Cohen. He says, James opts out, it gets stranger daily. What if players during the season test positive for CV? No play for two weeks. It will affect us. Hashtag a brave new world. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way the NFL is going to roll with those punches. That's why, as I talked about, um, I think it was earlier in one of the pods this week, sometimes in the offseason, the weeks just bleed together. But in the very recent past, Zach, I mentioned that in uh, that document that we were able to get our hands on that shows the, um, the new amendments to the CBA, NFL teams now have the freedom and the prerogative to sanction and fine players for what they consider to be under these new amendments and rules high-risk behavior, including if you are a player and you're caught or seen or photographed or whatever in an indoor social situation with 15 or more people that you don't know, the team has grounds to do a lot of different disciplinary uh, things to you, all right? Whether it's fining you, whether it's cutting you, whether it's, I mean, there's, they're doing what they can to disincentivize players this year. Look, hopefully what we're hearing from the news anyway that I've read is probably early 2021 in the spring or the first quarter, there's going to be a vaccine and then everyone gets back to to normal life. So it's really, Zach, it's just three or four months that these players have to kind of sacrifice the nightlife. That's, That's really all it is. Commit and focus entirely to your craft. And I think what we're seeing with the Broncos anyway, and, you know, it's, who knows if this will go all 32 teams, but with the Broncos and, and the lengths they went safety-wise with the protocols and the different measures they put in place, which are painstaking and as comprehensive as it gets, I'm not so much worried about a bug getting in for the Broncos, but the, the biggest thing that worries me if we're going to get into this is just the travel. When you put these guys in an airplane and fly them around and put them up in a hotel – that's where I get a little bit more concerned about uh, an outbreak potentially. 
Yeah, you said it best, though, Chad. I mean, these players will have to grin and bear it. And obviously, I'm not out there. I'm not competing. I'm not a world-class athlete exposed to a lot of different people who, and I can catch this virus. Um, But it's four or five months of this abnormal way of playing and practicing. And then going back to life as as usual, because we're pretty certain that a vaccine will be around the start of next year. Not to bog it down into an epidemiologist podcast, but we think normalcy will return in 2021. That's why it's surprising to me. If these voluntary opt-outs are skipping the season over concerns for their family, providing for them is also equally as important as keeping them you know, physically healthy and avoiding CV. So Juwan James is turning down millions of dollars to take a $150,000 stipend. It doesn't really jibe with what he's saying about doing what's best for his family. Though, I mean, this is what's great about this country, Chad. You can do whatever you want. You're not bound by anything. That's, That's what makes America beautiful. It is a free country, at least for for now anyway. Um, there might be some people in some states wondering how true that is, like New Jersey and California <laughs> right now. But Different story. <laughs> um, we got Chris Sanner on Facebook saying, I heard they might put Reisner at right guard, Muti, the rookie, at, at uh, I assume, left guard, and keep Wilkinson as, as a swing tackle. That's not going to happen. What are you going to do with Graham Glasgow? Play him at right. center? Why would you do that when you have Lloyd Cushenberry? So. I don't know where you heard that, my friend, Chris, but appreciate you uh, jumping in and the, the conversation. It all contributes. It, it's yeah. appreciated. Mike Evans, bona fide superstar, every podcast, in the stream, in the conversation, participating and shaping this, this podcast, and much love to you, Mike, Thank and you, appreciate Mike. your generosity, my friend. He says, I think about how to stop Joey Bosa. We don't need a three-sack game on Drew. I would feel better if Reisner was the offensive tackle. Zach, with that in mind, I want to read something here. Let me pull it up from uh, Reisner today. The idea of moving to tackle. Here, here was the question. Will you take snaps at right tackle during training camp, and what would your comfort level of playing right tackle be in a game? Quote, I think it's next man up when you're in the NFL. We can only have a certain number of active guys. I believe this year it's about eight, right? We can have about eight active offensive linemen if I know right maybe seven, unless that's changed a little bit. Whenever you're playing seven or eight guys, you've got to be able to play multiple positions. I know Coach Munchak expects me to be able to hop in at center at any point, hop in at tackle at any point, and there's multiple guys that play different positions across the O-line. I'm upset that Juwan isn't going to be playing with us, unfortunately. I love that guy, but I do respect his opinion or respect his decision. The NFL is all about next man up. We talked to him after he made his decision, and he told us, Next man up. Hope you guys respect my decision and you guys go get it. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go get after it, close quote. So this wasn't the the only question he fielded, Zach, from the local media, because this is a topic <clears throat> that is so com- – it, it's, it's, it makes so much sense that it's people are arriving to it across the entire um, media landscape in Denver. But I don't think the Broncos quite yet are thinking it this way. He kind of danced around the idea of, are you taking snaps at tackle? And he said, look, each and every practice, I'm going to do five kick slides left because that's what tackles have to really hone that that skill set of being the the kick slide. I I do five kick slides left, five kick slides right. But he didn't exactly confirm or deny whether or not he's actually taken any real snaps with team. But right now it's just walkthroughs anyway. So time will tell. 
I guess I'm in the minority, but I, I don't want to see Reisner switch pos- positions. And maybe we'll get into this chat when we cover the topic in more detail. But, you know, we know that he's a really, really top shelf NFL guard. We don't know if he's a top shelf tackle. We do not know that. We know Muti could be a top shelf guard. We do not know that. So if you're moving uh, Dalton Reisner from guard to tackle, you're, you're making two strengths worse. I mean, you're not getting a better right tackle, let's say, than Juwan James healthy, and you're taking away Dalton Reisner from his natural spot at left guard. I hate doing that, and some Broncos fans can cite Jason Peters, but it's so much easier going from tackle to guard than going from guard to tackle. Dalton Reisner is just getting settled settled in this position. I don't want to stunt his development because Juwan James opted out and skipping another season. They need to sign another tackle. This isn't a debate anymore, Chad. I, I feel like they need to have some depth in the building. You cannot rely on Jake. Rogers and Calvin Anderson when you're protecting a first year first time starting quarterback who you're you're pinning your franchise hopes in you have to bring out another guy I don't care if it's Donald Penn Jared Valdir or you Chad it just has to be a war body on the depth chart you cannot keep moving your young players around at a position this is how you ended up in this in this spot in the first place is not investing in enough guys behind your unreliable starters for what it's worth, and I said this in the roundtable and I've said it on the podcast earlier this week with John, my number two solution <clears throat> would be to go out and pay some money to Cordy Glenn. The question would yes. be, <laughs> what, are we what price? For? You know, you, you freed up about four million bucks by moving on from Hireman. And I know you're worried a little bit about 2021. When I say you're, the Broncos are worried a little bit about 2021's cap and what revenue is going to do. But so you don't want to go pay through the nose, especially knowing that next year you, you're you going to have to still have room to pay Juwan James. You want to keep A.J. Bouye's contract. If he plays well this year, you want to be able to keep Jarrell Casey's contract. So if he if you could get a guy like Cordy Glenn somewhere between four to six million bucks for one year, depending Dude, on how desperate he gets, Dude. I'd be all for that. Why not? I mean, you're talking about a guy who has legit starting experience. You're not starting him to be a starter. He's not going to bleed you dry because he's looking for a job, and there's a reason why he hasn't had one. And, yeah, the Broncos are worried about CV and the revenue loss, but you know what there has to be worried about is protecting Drew Locke because games will be played this year. It can't just be all about 2021 and beyond. You have to worry about 2020. You have Garrett Bowles, who you literally turned down his fifth-year option. You have less and less confidence in, and now you're stuck with Elijah Wilkins, a natural guard, coming off an injury and surgery at right tackle. you got to do something to amend that problem, Chad. You have to. you got to pay a little bit of money. I want to grab this super from Chris. Appreciate your generosity. As always, yes. my friend, he's Thank you, Chris. showing some cheers to Terry, and it was great being able to, to talk with Terry and appreciate all the support for Terry in the chat stream. We love you guys. Really quick, Roger, the deadline passed, my friend. Yeah. No more Broncos besides Juwan James opted out, so you can you can stop worrying about it. The other name out there on the free agent market to consider is Donald Penn. Now, really quick, he's 37. Uh, he, he started 15 games for the Washington football team last year when they had their holdout with Trent Williams, as we all remember talking about on this podcast, and the Broncos should go after him. Man, it's really looking like the Broncos should have gone after Trent Williams, isn't it? Like I said, they should have, for what it's worth. I was in on Trent Williams. I'm like – and it wasn't because I was worried about Juwan James. It was because I was worried about Garrett Bowles. But even now, what you wouldn't give to have a few million bucks earmarked for a Trent Williams perennial all-pro, we'll see if he stays healthy in, in San Francisco. But the idea of Donald Penn, this was brought to our attention by James Campbell last night, Zach, that he because we knew he signed with Washington. We weren't sure how much he played. I'm going to pull up here really quick. 
when you give me your thoughts, I'm going to pull up his grades for PFF or whatever it's worth. But what would you think about a 37-year-old Donald Penn? We all wanted, or at least I did, a 38-year-old Jason Peters. I don't care about the age because you're not building around this guy. He's not a franchise tackle. He's a Band-Aid for now until next offseason when you can hopefully invest more either by a first-round draft pick or a younger free agent at the position. I don't mind Donald Penn. I'm looking at the open market right now, Chad. I mean, uh, DeMar Dotson's out there as well. That's a former pretty long-time starter in Tampa Bay. It doesn't need to be amazing. It needs to be just available and healthy and provide some depth. So Donald Penn, DeMar Dotson, Cordy Glenn, it has to be someone. I'm not picky. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, let's uh, – whoa, the stream just did a jump on me here, so bear with me one second. We got to grab Bobby showing some love. Appreciate you as always, Thank my you, friend. So generous. Anytime you're in the chat stream, just really supportive and means a lot to us, and I hope you know that. She says, sorry for showing up late, but I couldn't help it knowing Terry was on the show. Thank you, Terry, for being such an active member of our community. MHH family loves you. Go Broncos. Just phenomenal. I mean, Poppy just is, she's just, we need to get her on the show one of these days. I talked to her about it. Maybe her work schedule's not very conducive to when we do the live stream, Zach, but we're hoping sometime during the football season, season we'll bring Poppy on for a segment. Yeah, we hope to get anyone, Chad, that that you know is a super chat, super chat superstar that's on Mount Rushmore. We we always offer the invite, but it's tough to either be on camera or break away from work. But Terry's got a little fan club going there, Chad. He's he's he very popular among yeah. the MHH yeah. community. Very well deserved too, Terry. We got W E jumping in. Appreciate that super Thank chat. You. We should have drafted a tackle instead of taking Hamler as a luxury pick. What are your guys' thoughts? Look, Zach and I took a lot of heat when KJ yes. Hamler was the pick. If you guys recall, we had the, the we weren't trying to poo-poo on the Hamler pick because Hamler, in and of itself, he's a great player. He's I think he's going to be a great player in the NFL. I really do. I didn't quite love the football wisdom of taking two wide receivers to open up when you already grabbed a dynamic wide receiver one caliber Jerry Judy in the first round. We were looking at in round two. Zach and I, our brain was on offensive tackle, corner, or we'll see what kind of linebackers are there. And when it was a wide receiver, we were like, he's a really good, explosive, talented, phenomenal player, but what are you forsaking by taking him there? All right. I think that's a question that is not necessarily going to haunt the Broncos because, again, I think Hamler's going to be a hit. I don't think he's going to be a Isaiah McKenzie or a Carlos Henderson that flames out quick or anything. I think he's got staying power and he'll be something. But, Zach, that was the wisdom we questioned when you clearly had some depth concerns at offensive tackle. I just don't know why there's an aversion for Elway to address offensive tackle and put bodies behind the starters. It's like he likes to have two locked-in guys and pretty well-touted guys that have just literally no one behind them. I understand leading on Mike Munchak and his knowledge, but you have to have more than an undrafted free agent in a seventh-round pick. And I'm looking at the board right now, Chad. When they took Hamler, they're passing on uh, Ezra Cleveland, Joshua Jones, Lucas Niang. There were tackles available for the taking, and they went with another wide receiver. I think Hamler's going to have a very nice career in Denver he's going to be like a, a great upside wide receiver too but if they have another bad season with Wilkinson or Bowles goes back to being Bowles I think Elway will regret not using at least a higher round draft pick to bolster the tackle position he has to I agree I agree we got a clip Stormborn also showing some love to Terry unleash the dragon he says hashtag state of being <laughs> and uh Troy I did get your email by the way 
I appreciated that information you provided. I'll be getting that out here very, very soon. I did need that. So thanks, my friend. Uh, Duke Boynton jumping back in wow. with a symbolic, generous super chat, but symbolic because of what Terry said was really his favorite player, Terrell Davis. A TD for a TD, Duke says. I can hear Dave Logan calling those games. Way to be, Terry. I can too, man. I can too. And those were that was just a special era for Broncos fans, the Terrell Davis years. And it just sucks how quickly it came to an end. But he has been enshrined and all that waiting around and wondering if it would ever happen. Now it's just water under the bridge. Yeah, it was kind of cool, though. I mean, I understand why most Broncos fans, their favorite player is John Elway. They associate him with some of the greatest plays in Broncos history. But you don't see many Broncos fans taking TD over John Elway. And it's always kind of refreshing to see that point of view and why they you know, they became a Broncos fan based on TD and not Elway. Steve Griffith jumping in on Facebook. And for what it's worth, Steve is one of the new supporters of MHH on Facebook. So, Steve... Really appreciate you. Thank you, Steve. Fortness like that on Facebook. He says, what's up, Chad, Zach, and Terry? I tuned in late, caught the end of the tackle discussion. Has there been any rumblings when it comes to that front? Also, it sounds like Jarrell Casey's been turning heads early in camp. What are your thoughts on him for this season? So rumblings-wise, I mean, I think we've kind of spitballed so far tonight. It's been mostly focused on the offensive, offensive tackle situation. For now, it's Wilkinson at right tackle. There have been rumblings that the Broncos might – bring someone in they're going to call around and see what everyone's price is and then decide just how badly they want to pay money to, to some people so as it relates to drill casey though zach i know you've been gone he there's been some buzz kind of matriculating out of out of dove valley a few different players coaches have mentioned him in pressers this week and so far so good what they're saying about him should have fans excited that he's a leader his knowledge his experience i mean he's got 51 career sacks since uh, entering the league as a third-round pick back in 2011, the same year that Vaughn entered the league. Derek Wolf, for example, one season less than Casey, for what it's worth, 31 or excuse me, 33 sacks career. And Vaughn Miller talked about the fact that as much as he loves Derek Wolf and how much Derek Wolf helped him become the pass rushing stud or allowed him to be the pass rushing stud that he is and became, he's really looking forward to what he's going to be able to accomplish with Jarrell Casey because. They spent, I mean, both of them have been to the last five Pro Bowls. In fact, Vaughn's been to the last six. And so being that they're both in the AFC, they've spent a lot of time together in, in uh, these Pro Bowls, you know, the meetings and the dinners and the, they've had a lot of discussions. And so that has kind of been their starting off point. And Vaughn says it's just instant. The chemistry with, with Casey is instant. And then Fangio talked about Casey's leadership and knowledge and passing that on. So, so far, so good with Casey. Yeah, it, it's tough right now to form an opinion about anyone because they haven't even had a first padded practice yet. It's a lot of classroom work and, and, and Zoom meetings right now. Once they get on the field, though, Jarrell Casey, like you touched on, Chad, a five-time Pro Bowler, a veteran in the game, one of the best defensive tackles in football. And again, the Broncos got him for a seventh-round draft pick. You can poo-poo John Elway for signing Juwan James, but the seventh-round draft pick for Jarrell Casey will you know, automatically quell those, those uh, criticisms. Love the guy. Love the pickup. I think he's going to be a beast in Denver and Von Miller should be excited Chad because as we've mentioned he lost that Malik Jackson and he got him back tenfold in Jarrell Casey Casey's going to do a lot of the dirty work for Von to go back to being Von and Bradley Chubb this season well said we got Chandler Wilding jumping in on super chat really appreciate you, that generosity Chandler he says missed the last few live podcasts glad I could join tonight usually I blast the podcast at work just to piss off the Raiders fan I have for a co-worker <laughs> 
Good insights from Terry tonight. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag purge the Raider <laughs> demons. Amen. Let's exercise those demons and, and uh, rid you of that. But Chandler, thanks, my friend. It's yeah. really cool that uh, you're able to be with us here tonight. If It's just good to know you're listening no matter what. Even if you're not in the live streams, you're listening after the fact, and that means a lot. Raiders suck also. They do. Kathy says, Eddie Mac, uh, Eddie McCaffrey. Ed McCaffrey was her spirit animal. For what it's worth, I think one of the most iconic images in Broncos history is that block Eddie Mac. Who was it that he blocked? And now I'm having a brain fart. But the linebacker that had been in his grill all day long in the Super Bowl 32, and it's so cool the way it was filmed by NFL Films after the fact. There's that one angle that when he blows him up and it's a big run, it was a dump off, in fact, to Howard Griffith. And he picked up big yards, moved the chains due to a key block from Eddie Mack, and it shows it in slow motion where he blind, it's basically a blind side. This guy's just running to the sideline in pursuit, and he doesn't see Eddie coming from you know his blind spot, and he just trucks him. And literally as the dude's falling to the earth, you see Eddie put his finger right in his face. Like it's all happening in, the, in a split second, but in slow-mo you see it all unfold, and it's just an indelible, iconic moment for Broncos – uh, in Broncos canon, in my opinion. All right, let's grab Justin here. Appreciate that Thank super you, chat. JJ, he says, the real question on everyone's mind is if the Broncos win the Super Bowl, does Juwan <laughs> does nope. cop out James get does Juwan cop out James get a ring? Hashtag how many licks does it take to get a right? <laughs> you know, that is an interesting question. Um here here's an example. Ryan Clady, if you pull up his wiki, it shows that he's a Super Bowl champion because he was on Injured reserve. He was an active contract on the Broncos roster. He wasn't active on the roster uh, after. In fact, he didn't even make it. If I if I'm remembering this correctly, I'm pretty sure his injury that year was in the summer. Whereas two years prior, he he tore or had that Liz Frank two games in in 2013. So he missed Super Bowl 48. That was Chris Clark at left tackle, and he missed Super Bowl 50. That was Ryan Harris at left tackle. But it still shows that he is a Super Bowl 50 champion, the same for Jeff Hireman, who was on injured reserve. If the Broncos were to win it all, right, that's a big if, would Juwan James get a Super mm-hmm. Bowl ring? That's a curious question. I don't know the answer to that off the top. You know, I'm thinking to myself, if a player gets injured and goes on IR, they still get a ring, but they were competing. They were still on the team. Juwan James literally opted out. He chose no longer to be with the Broncos for this season. I wouldn't give him one. I don't think he would deserve one. He didn't help the Broncos win that ring, but he is under contract with Denver for this season and beyond. So I would venture to say in the spirit of good sports and competitorship, he would get one, but he doesn't deserve one at all. He definitely would not deserve one if he, if the Broncos did go all the way. A um, lot of positive buzz for Terry in the chat stream. A lot of congrats and props for him. It was really fun being able to uh, to talk with you, my my brother. All right, really quick. Uh, Jerry says Jerry Holland is it Holland or Holland? I'm curious, Jerry. Let me know. I was pretty impressed that Reisner was up to playing center, even if he was asked. Yeah, I mean. That's a different – one of the cool things about Reisner is he said that he wants to be a guy that Munchak can count on. So the center position is a very intellectual position in terms of you got to know the checks, the calls, the blocking assignments, call out the mic, all that stuff. So Reisner talked about today the fact that he actually tries to know that he, – he tries to learn that information and have it memorized as well. In case Munchak were to lean on him, he could step in and snap the football in a, in a tight pinch. And Zach, while we're on the topic of Reisner, I wanted to get your take on his 
opinion on whether or not he's seen anything different from Garrett Bowles. Now, these two have become really close friends. We've talked about this before. Garrett Bowles was there for his draft party. He didn't know him from Adam, but he showed up at his draft party in Denver and then stayed there late and actually helped Reisner and his family and friends clean up the place. And so they got off on the right foot. They played 16 games together on the left side, anchoring that uh, offensive line. And they are now very, very close friends. And I think Bowles, in all honesty, relies quite a bit on Reisner from an emotional perspective. I think even though Garrett Bowles is older than Reisner, it's a little brother, big brother kind of kind of relationship yeah. in terms of just that support, that confidence boost that he gets from, from Reisner. But here's what Reisner said about Garrett. Quote, I think Garrett has worked extremely hard. Him playing better at the end of the season is a testament to his hard work. I think something that people need to remember is Mike Munchak. That's a factor that we need to remember. The guy is a Hall of Famer. He has a gold jacket, probably going to have two gold jackets before he's done with football, one as a player, one as a coach. I truly believe with the way Coach Munchak coaches, it's perfect for Garrett. He's going to call Garrett out when he needs to be called out. He's going to uplift Garrett when he needs uplifting, and he's going to teach Garrett. He knows how to teach the game because he's done it. In fact, he's got the gold jacket from doing it. I think Garrett has worked extremely hard, and Garrett has a great work, uh, work ethic. He continues to work hard. He's got a passion for the game, and I've got a tremendous amount of respect for Garrett. I love that man, but I also think Mike Munchak helps him a ton. The more he gets time with Coach Munchak, the better he's going to be. You will probably see a whole new Garrett Bowles this year, a lot more of what you saw the last five games of the season. Close quote. Zach, your thoughts? Well, like I always say in these situations, what else is, is Dalton Reisner going to say about a teammate who's been criticized and kind of under the microscope? He's being a good teammate. Um, I would uh, debate that Mike Munchak was not the bigger driving force in Garrett Bowles. Uh, I would say his improvement. It was Drew Locke because Mike Munchak was there the entire season last year. He wasn't great with Joe Flacco. He wasn't great with Brandon Allen. He became better with Drew Locke under center. I know what, what Dreisner's trying to say here. Um, I just think that Drew Locke, having better quarterback around him, made Bowles a better tackle. In terms of this is the best Garrett Bowles we're going to see yet, this is the best he's going to be, and this and that, the hype, I'm holding my breath. I'll believe it when I see it. I would love for it to happen because it means the Broncos are doing very, very well, and I do want the Broncos to do well. That would mean Garrett Bowles has to play well. If it happens, if it's consistent, I will eat the biggest serving of crow possible. But him saying this now on August 6th before the season even starts, I just want to see it materialize, Chad, when the games start counting. Exactly. All right. We are getting close up to the time limit here today, my friends. So we'll grab a few more and then we'll bounce out for tonight. KP jumping back in. Really appreciate that, my my dog. He says, we have $13 in cap space due to (laughs) James's opt-out. Am I correct? (laughs) James Campbell, can't we do one-year deals for a couple of tackles as a Band-Aid? So, yeah, for what it's worth, um, hopefully you guys read that article from Bob Morris uh, Monday night it published, but it's a breakdown of how the Juwan James opt-out affected the Broncos' salary cap. But the bottom line is he was due to count for about $13 million on the cap this year because of his signing bonus it being prorated into the future. $10 million of that was his salary fully guaranteed. Well, that all we, we knew the, the salary was going to get pushed into 2021. What we didn't know was whether or not the cap charge for the signing bonus, which he's already received, whether that would also be kicked into the future. And we learned that it was. So what that means is 13 million was created in cap space today. 
that's an additional window, the Broncos, additional breathing room the Broncos have on the cap. But that doesn't necessarily mean, Zach, that you go out and spend it. It just depends on, I mean, you would, you would have to find the right value for that. I think Cordy Glenn, you know, I was, by the way, I pulled up the tackle rankings and again, pro football focus grades. I, I do have to take them with a little bit of a grain of salt. The players that we're talking about as options for the Broncos at right tackle that might be out there, that are out there. Jared Velder last year, for what it's worth, finished as the number 47 graded offensive tackle. Um, Donald Penn was 48 right behind him. You had then, I passed him, Cordy Glenn wasn't all that much better at number 38, Zach, and he had good pass blocking grades, but horrendous run blocking grades with that for whatever it's worth. So if we actually look, uh, it's not going to show me on this. I can get into his drill down into Cordy Glenn in terms of seeing how many pressures he gave up and stuff if we wanted to do that. But Cordy Glenn, Donald Penn, if he's willing to take a super value deal, like not much more than the vet minimum, I'd consider bringing him in just to see how he looks, just to see if he can hang. But he played over 800 snaps last year for Washington, so I think he can hang one more year in the NFL. Do you remember Menelik Watson's his, his rating, Chad? It was like number 76 out of 77 tackles. So if you're getting a guy in the 40s or 30s, that's as a starter. I mean, you, you wouldn't necessarily get him as a starter. He could be a backup if Wilkinson somehow manages to play consistent right tackle. Even so, though, they have enough money. They definitely have the need now. If they don't sign a tackle, it's because Elway doesn't think that the tackle could be better or he's relying chiefly on Pat Shermer and Mike Munchak to go through the evaluations and see if they have a young guy on the roster who can step in for Wilkinson. I don't, I don't, I am not on board with that at all. You got to bring somebody in now, Chad. Now. DeMar Dotson is another, it's a good option. It, it really is. So for me, it would be probably, you know, it would probably be a toss up, to be honest with you, between Dotson and Glenn. If we're looking at if we're basing it purely on PFF grades from last year, Dotson is the superior player based on his grades. For what it's worth, Demar Dotson last year, let me pull it up. I just had it. Uh, he was ranked in the uh, at 31 with a 71 overall grade. Really good as a pass blocker and solid as a run blocker. To be honest with you, he was at a 67.3, which is not great, but it's not terrible, terrible either. There's there's tackles on here with. Uh, run blocking grades into the fifties. And in some cases below that, just horrendous Jared Belder, for example, his run blocking grade last year was 44.9, which is, I mean, it's just not good. So DeMar Dotson is a free agent. He is currently 34 years old. So he's a little bit long in the tooth as well. But if you're bringing him in as a one-year mercenary, Zach, depending on what he's asking for, it makes a lot of sense. The guy has appeared in 130 career games, Shed. I mean, this guy is a veteran to the core with a capital V. And availability being the biggest factor in his uh, potential acquisition, he appeared in 15 games each of the last two seasons. So we're not getting an injury-prone guy. We're not getting question marks or a locker room lawyer or a diva, anything like that. For a backup for a few million bucks a year, four or five million, that's a great pickup at this stage of the offseason for Denver. Not not so far removed from an Evan Mathis type signing, Chad. Whoops. I just well, we'll grab Zachary and then I'll go back. Uh Zach's web design. Love you, my friend. Appreciate your support you. as always. He says, in my opinion, we move on with Garrett Bowles and Juwan James if they don't step up. And honestly, Lindsay will be hungry this year. With and JJ. Am I misinterpreting that? That's Jawan James. Who else is JJ? Jerry Judy. But it's Jawan James. 
Garrett Bowles and Juwan James. Honestly, Lindsey will be hungry this year. Hashtag he will be a beast. And hashtag Terry rocks. Appreciate you, Zach, my friend. And, I mean, Garrett Bowles, we'll see. We've been talking about it so much up to this point. All we've had is talk, right, up to this point. We haven't been able to see OTAs. Even training camp, as great as it's been to have them back in the building and getting a little bit, some clips and, you know, a little bit of media availability. We're able to get on these press conferences. That's all mana from heaven, but it's a far cry from actual training camp, right? Real traditional training camps where by now, by this point, they're out there running 11 on 11. They're running seven on seven. They're still doing walkthroughs. They're still focusing primarily on conditioning. Yep. So I'm just getting tired of talking about it, but it's all we have. It's all we have until <laughs> September 14th. Gary, jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Gary. He says, uh, and you're not a name I recognize on Super Chat, so thank you for, for your support. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out. We'll shout you out, connect. I love you guys. Well, we love you too. I love my Broncos and just beyond grateful for the level of content produced by MHH that feeds my soul. Thank you. Hashtag state of being hashtag W or Washington state up in Washington. Probably is what he's saying. Very really cool. sweet. Appreciate that. Gary um, Dennis Woods, D dub jumping in. Appreciate you. He says, bring in one of the free agent offensive tackles to compete with Wilkinson for right tackle. Only put Reisner over there. If both of those are disasters, hashtag state of being from Michigan. Hey, man, I'm telling you, I'd be okay with moving Reisner over. That's my first solution because I think Reisner is a stud. But my second would be go get a guy like Dotson. Go get a guy like Cordy Glenn, preferably Dotson, the more I think about it. Um, Zach, we are about out of time. I want to make sure I'm not missing anybody here, though. Terry, jumping back in. Appreciate you, bro. He says, (laughs) hey, Zach. For once, can you tell us how you really feel? (laughs) (laughs) Once. I'll do it one time for you, Terry. I'll let my hair down. Uh, Kenneth wants to know, is there a big tight end we can convert to right tackle like we did with Dwayne Carswell, a.k.a. the house? Yeah, there's no there's no Dwayne Carswells. There's no – I mean, even Jason Peters started out as a tight end for what it's worth. He's another guy that started tight end, converted to a prolific offensive tackle. Carswell, I don't think he ever quite – well, no, I don't think he never quite reached the prolific level of Jason Peters. But no one that jumps to mind, I mean, I could pull up some free agents, but we're running out of time here tonight, Kenneth, my friend. And I don't think there's anyone on uh, on the roster currently that could fit that bill. Let me make sure, John, I think we grabbed everybody, right? We're not missing any of the superstars. All right. Duke Boynton jumping out again. Appreciate you, my Thank brother. You. He says, we have to figure out this cloning science. DNA plug and playing that way we can clone at least seven risers. <laughs> hey dude, I'm telling you that guy. I mean, <clears throat> if it's possible for me to have a man crush on a, on a professional athlete, it's Dalton Reisner just because of how smart he is outgoing magnetic personality. I mean, he's a guy that if he says, let's go, we're running through that wall. You're, you're following right behind him. And he's going into his second year and is already talking like a leader talking about leading guys. He wants to lead the offensive line right alongside Graham Glasgow. And he wants to assert himself more as a leader this year because he felt like last year, Zach, those 16 starts that he put in, he felt like he has now paid his dues, went through all the rookie hazing and did it with in good cheer and, you know, with good faith and whatnot. Now he's ready to assert himself more as a leader. Forget 22 Janos. Can we get 22 Reisner shed on this Broncos team? They'd be much better off. All right, guys. We really do. Oh, here's here's Chris jumping back in. Appreciate that, my my friend. And it's a good reminder, those of you with us on YouTube and Facebook, 
especially make sure you like this video helps us out tremendously small thing you can do to support the cause and chris as always my friend we thank you for your generosity and it just means everything to us you guys mm-hmm. are just you mean everything to us so thank you we got to get out of here for tonight though gang um thanks for joining us it sucks kp absolutely right. availability it's true it's true we got to get out of here for tonight though. And it sucks that we only got two pods with Zach this week, but we'll make up for it next week. Trust on that. Yeah. Mr. Boggins, dude, appreciate you, my friend. I, had a buzzer. I didn't even see it in the stream. Mine's not even showing that, that gummit, but uh, Boggins, you are the man. And for those of you who missed it, this is the man who is the brainchild behind the intro that plays ahead of the mile high insiders podcast. He slapped that together for us, and it's rad. Sounds good, and it gets the job done. And appreciate your generosity, my friend. Yeah, thank you, um, Jared. It's going good, dog. But we got to get out of here. Thanks for joining us. We do appreciate you, and Jerry. Appreciate you, my friend. I know what kind of guy you are. You are a stand-up cat. This I know from uh, some some things that have happened behind closed doors. This is a guy that cares about other people, cares about uh, the community, cares about fans, and uh, you're you're a good man, Jerry. But we really do got to get out of here. So here is where we go from here. Make sure you are following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, at Mile High Huddle as well. Don't forget to follow my partner here, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. We spend a lot of time on Twitter. So it's probably the most comprehensive way to engage with us on social media is Twitter. On my Facebook, I don't use Facebook at all for Broncos. I, it's just family. It's a little politics. It's a little cooking. It's whatever I find interesting. I don't do football much on my Facebook. So follow and connect with us <clears throat> on Twitter. It's the best way. And then don't forget, guys, check out the merch store. When you get a chance, you got to get your eyes and your hands on those locked, uh, locked-in shirts, the Let Them Hate shirts. They are flying off the shelf. And get on that while you can. I'll be doing uh, tonight. I don't know if it's a live podcast, but I'll be joining uh, That's Good Sports, uh, Brandon Perna and Will Keys, two buddies of ours on uh, their podcast tonight at eight. But I don't know if they do theirs live. I'm not sure. If not, it'll be a recorded podcast you can check out after the fact. But that'll do it for tonight. Zach, I know you've been freaking hard driven, put away wet. You're ready to take a rest. You're probably still feel like you're vibrating for how long you were on the road today. So thanks for racing home to be with us here tonight. Yeah, I appreciate it, Chad. It felt so good to be back, and uh, I love podcasting. I missed you the last couple of times. I missed you know, all you guys out there. I literally have not unpacked a single thing. I took my computer out of my bag, and I threw it on the, the stand, and I started podcasting. So back to normal Sunday, back to normal next week, and we have Broncos football fast approaching. Very exciting. That's commitment. That's commitment, ladies and gentlemen. Zach's done it. I've done it. Go on vacation. Race home to get back in time. To- <laughs> literally guys that's how much you mean to us but we got to get out of here for now appreciate john who stepped in for zach twice this week hanging in there it was only his second and third time as a as a co-host on a podcast and a live podcast in front did a great job great job good job john appreciate you my friend and uh, you guys have a good weekend appreciate each one of you for joining us mile high salute to the super chat superstars and we'll be back in the saddle sunday night Don't forget, though, you got Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night, Friday, and then Mile High Insiders on Saturday. So make sure you tune in for those. And uh, Roger is glad to be a new supporter on Facebook. My man, appreciate that. If you guys missed it and you're on Facebook, you want to support what we're doing, 
Go sign up. We put the link in the chat stream. There's a link there. Become a supporter of MHH. All right, we got to go. Love you guys. For Zach Kelberman, for John, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you on Sunday. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.